Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is inspirational women in honour of International Women's Day and in fact International Women's Month. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the inspiration herself, T.B. Markinson, joined as well by her cat, Lady Grey, who is about to headbutt the microphone. Hi T.B., how are you today? I'm curious how long it is until she starts rubbing her head against a microphone like she did on a call I had yesterday. She's uh, very interesting in the whole recording thing today. Mm. It's a little intimidating. She has a very stern-looking face. It's like it's like getting up to speak in front of a class with that really stern teacher that's like staring daggers at you, like you better not screw up. That's what I'm experiencing right now. She is. For, for <laughs> all the listeners, it's very funny. I can just see the side of Grey's head, and she's just staring menacingly at TB. I assume menacingly, but, you know, it just looks like a, a cute cat to me, but... Apparently she's got menace. Anyway, how are you today? I'm doing okay. It's been a rather busy time since the last time we spoke. Um, the latest Lizzie is out in the world. It's called A Woman in Hiding. And this time, Lizzie is building a bunker. That is her, my tagline. Lizzie oh. is building a bunker. Oh. Um, in this installment, Lizzie asks, uh, Lizzie's wife asks Lizzie to step up more around the house and with their kids. They have four. I don't know if you're aware of that. They have four kids. And in true Lizzie fashion, she thinks she can do it all on her own, and it does not go well. does not go well at all. Uh, I had a lot of fun writing this book. Um, There's a lot of fun interactions with the kids and with Sarah and everything, and I hope the readers enjoy Lizzie's new adventures in this thing called life. Well, first of all, another book out. Toot toot! Oh, I forgot about the toot toot. It's been a while since we toot tooted. It has been a while. Has it been a while since you... uh... Since you launched a book? Well, I launched the, the London collection, the box set, in January. But that was just a box set. I mean, that wasn't new stuff. I guess the last time I published, what was it, November? Right, okay. Was it so, November? Yeah, and the last time I published was October. So we've both been a while since we've ne- needed a toot-toot. The world just needs more toot-toots, let's just be honest. We just need more toot-toots. So in other writing news, uh, Miranda and I are almost done with our latest co-write. We have two chapters to go. So close, I can I can almost taste it. This one is a paranormal women's fiction, which is a kind of a new uh, subgenre that some of successful authors have kind of carved out, which is interesting to watch where uh, big authors in a group are like, you know what, we're going to carve out a new subgenre. And it's gone over really well, actually. And um, you know, you know, it kind of matters when um, Kalytics puts out a report on it. Mm. So it got the notice of Alex. Yes. So. And if you don't know what Kalytics is, um, it's a guy called Alex who's got the brain the size of Norway. Is Norway big? I think it's pretty big. Um, and he, he's a he's a boffin with the data, right? Uh, about what sells and why it sells. So um, it's all two data led for me uh, it sort of bounces off my brain but if you like that sort of thing well worth having a look into Kalytics. yes absolutely this book since it's a bit different i mean there's still romance in it don't get me wrong there's still romance running through it but it's a bit different and um it's just been fun to work on it's kind of given my my writing brain a break 
it kind of snapped me out of a writing slump a bit because like sometimes you just need something different to keep the love of writing alive. You need to try and kind of step out. Like when you did your historical romance, you just need to flex that writing brain in a different way. So is this different to the cozy mystery? This is a paranormal romance. It's still the same story. I just have been calling it the wrong thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a cozy mystery, but um, unlike true cozy mysteries, like I put swear words in, so we can't really technically call it a cozy mystery. Um, because like cozy mysteries are supposed to just have like warm fuzzy feelings even though it's a mystery like the blood's already supposed to be dried on the page before you like arrive on the scene not that ours is gruesome it's not gruesome in any way it wouldn't it fits more the paranormal women's fiction category than the cozy mystery okay so so that's where it's going to be sat yes that's that is that is the um genre we're going to be taking exciting exciting it is it is exciting so and also the fact that um We've been wanting to do this for a while, but we never could carve out the time, and now we're finally doing it. So that's also exciting. And other news on iHeartSafic. I don't know if you remember, I set a goal this year to have one million views. So uh, today, or in the middle of the night, actually, we just passed 250,000 views. So we're a quarter way to our goals. And um, it's fantastic because the first quarter mark, I think, is at the end of this month, which is March, right? So we're three weeks early of hitting this milestone, which gives us some cushioning. And we're also getting ready for the first big sale of the year. We're doing weekly sales for the rating challenge, but March 24th to the 28th, mark your calendars, that we'll have over 100 books on sale on IHS. So it's a good time to stock up for your spring reading or what is it? Autumn? Fall? Do they say fall or autumn down under? Uh, I don't know, actually. You're married to an Australian. I think autumn. In other news, Miranda and I will be heading to Jersey City, New Jersey uh, next week for a Golden Crown Literary Society event that will be held on March 18th. I'll drop the link to the event in the show notes, so if you're in the area, you should stop by. And in other news, this is kind of sad news, because we are in March. March is when I start getting really antsy for warm weather. It's when I want to put my winter jacket and winter boots away. And I don't want to freeze to death in my office anymore because I have terrible insulation in this building. We just had a foot of snow this past weekend. My dreams of putting all the winter stuff away were dashed. And then I looked at the forecast and the 10-day forecast. There's still more snow on the way. It just is sad. Yes. I feel sadness about yes. this. <laughs> People are always surprised when there's snow in March and April, but there's always snow in March and April. So I just expect it. Um, you know, I know it's meant to be the turning of the season, but it never is. So, um, what more can I say? What's going on in your world? Well, TB, over here, um, the football book has gone back to the editor. So that's good, isn't it? It is, uh, yeah, so it's with the editor. The cover's done. It is called Hot Shot. That's my title. Um, and it comes, when it comes back from the editor, I've got to give it a polish and then give it to my first readers. So the next time we speak, it might be about ready to go to the art team, I reckon. I have done a launch plan, so I think it was about six weeks' time. Yeah, as I say, I haven't launched a book since October, so it does feel a bit weird to be launching a book because, you know, I don't do that anymore. So it's just like, you just have to remember how to do it. I mean, there's always, even when you launch, launch regularly, there's always things you forget. But I wonder how much you have forgotten. I do have a question for you. Mm. 
And it's just the fact that I just can't spell. Is Hotch one word or two? Well, for me, it's one. Is that the normal, or is that just your spelling, or is that the, the I think it is. Spelling? I think I did look this up, and I can't remember because it was a question I had as well. But um, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it can be either. I had this question for my editor when I was getting ready to publish the setup, and I was like, is setup one word or two? And she's like, in this instance, it's one. <laughs> I'm like, are there other instances? She said yes. So I was like, this is a bad title for me because I'm never going to get it right forever. Okay. Yeah. forever. No, it's one word, everyone. And if I say so, then it therefore it is. So there you go. Um, so, that, but that'll be exciting to get that one out because um, you know it's it's been around for a while. So I'm hoping to launch that next month. Back to my writing, I've started uh, on London Romance Nine, so I've got a, a a ambitious plan for that. At the moment, I'm going to have to be writing three thousand seven hundred and fifty words a day, um, which you know, if I'm back when I'm back in the groove, that's not too bad. But um, I haven't really been writing first draft words for a while now. So, uh, yeah, so it will just be me getting back into the groove. I did do, you know, I wrote the epilogue to my football book um, last week. Like, I, I think <laughs> the thing is with my football book, it was quite long anyway. It was going to 90,000, which is way longer than my normal books. Uh, my normal books go to about 75. So I was already 15,000 words over. And then I had to do a few things that my editor advised and I agreed. And then I had to write an epilogue as well because I hadn't written it. And so now it's 96. So it's a long book. But so I was writing fresh words last week. But London Romance, yes, now in the flow. But this morning, I didn't do any words this morning because it was taken up. Um, I had another meeting. And then I went to my core conditioning class, which is just as important as writing the words as we know. Yes, yes, you got to stay in shape too, especially if you want to sit at your desk for that long. That's a long time. Well, you're stretching right now, like you're preparing. Yes. <laughs> I've already done yoga and then my core conditioning class today, so I should be stretched out, right? Um, so that's that's good. My my football book is um on the on the path to launch. Uh, London Nine is being written. Other than that, since we last spoke, um, I I went to Worcester and I did my talk at Worcester Library, the Hive in Worcester. It was really good, actually. Had a great time. It was a really fantastic evening. They probably had a, a crowd of about I don't know, maybe about forty or fifty people. It was it was well attended. It wasn't just me, it was like an evening for LGBTQ plus history month. And so they had half an hour sort of chat from a guy that um, works in the library talking about all the archives and stuff they've got in there, like old texts uh, of LGBTQ plus fiction. And that was really interesting. Kind of reminded me of when, you'll laugh at this TB, but when I was in my 20s, I used to write, <laughs> I, I used to write a historical lesbian column for a local sort of, like a fanzine, like a zine, for local zine. Uh, so I used to um, feature a historical lesbian and talk about what they did. So I know a bit about, it sort of, a lot of it came back to me. Why would I laugh about that? Well, because it's me writing about historical things. I think you just like to hate history. I don't think you actually do. <laughs> Sure, because sure. when I go for walks with you in London, you're full of facts and everything, and you like, and you kind of sprinkle when you share it. I just think you like to hate it. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Who knows? I think this might be proof of that fact. <laughs> anyway, but it was a really good uh, evening, and then um, I, uh, a lovely uh, lecturer from the university interviewed me, and then we did a Q&A, and there were loads of questions um, from the audience, so it was a good sort of 45-minute chat. Um, 
Yeah, and um, there were some people who heard about the uh, evening on this podcast and came along and said hello. So that was really nice. If hello, if you're listening. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really lovely time. And then I got to go to Worcester as well, which is a lovely city. Hadn't been there before. And I went took the train to Great Malvern as well. So I had a little little jaunt TB midweek. That was me. I I took the time off and just went for a little jaunt. So it was nice. And it's sort of Worcester's one of those weird place it's got lots of different influences so it's not so far from the Cotswolds the edge of the Cotswolds there's a lot of history in that town but sort of reminded me of a mix of Chester and Derby and the Cotswolds take from that what you will so they're the big thing so that's my first uh, in-person event done which I was really excited to do and it went really well so that's great and I'm excited also to go to the South Coast Suffolk hangout which is on May the 6th and there's going to be a whole bunch of authors going along, including Claire Hyatt and Stevenson, Melissa Therese, Lise Gold, um, Jen Matthews, ooh, lots of other people. My mind's blanking now. I should have the list in front of me. Lots of people. Um, I think there's about 20 or 30 authors going along. So if you want to come along, it's free. Uh, it's in Crawley. It's on May the 6th, which happens to be the King's Coronation Day. So if you want to avoid London, uh, come to Crawley, obviously. It's going to be open all day. Come in and you can chat to authors. You can hear readings, uh, get your book signed and just, you know, come and say hi. So that's going to be happening May the 6th. And then tonight we're going to the Section 28 musical, which is called After the Act. So that is going to be on in at the New Diorama Theatre in London, uh, just off Regent Street. And that's going to be, no, sorry, just off Euston Road. Um, and that's going to be going on all month. So when this comes out, um, go and get your tickets. I can't tell you how it is yet because I haven't been, but I'm going tonight. And there's free wine and pizza. So what's not to love? That, that sounds nice. And also, have you guys considered for the um, hangout on May 6th inviting Harry and Megan? They might need plans. They might, right. <laughs> and they've already got a copy of Once Upon, Upon, one, bleh, can't say it. Once Upon a Princess. When um, Harper, Bliss and I broke that, uh, I sent that was around the time of Harry and Megan's wedding, right? And I sent them a copy to Kensington yeah. Palace. So they've already read, they're already well up with sapphic fiction. I like to think that was their gateway drug. And now they're, they're, they're big fans. Yeah, I would I would invite them. They might, you know, might want to avoid London. Yeah, well. come to Crawley. <laughs> it's the obvious place to go. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a very busy couple of weeks. I've had a lot going on outside of writing, but um, over the next two weeks, I'm hoping to really focus on writing because that's what I do. TB, I'm a writer. Okay, so yes, yes, and you'll you'll the next two weeks you're going to be bashing out. Almost 4K a day. Does that include Saturday and Sunday, or does that not include Saturday and Sunday? I don't think it does. No, I I, I haven't. But because we've got I've got stuff on at the weekend, so I'm I'm not including Saturday and Sunday. I'm already a day behind because I had to go and see my family yesterday. So started off well on Monday, and I haven't done any words today. So you know, squeeze them in. <laughs> Maybe it will include Saturday and you're, Sunday. <laughs> you're sticking to your plan. I yeah. Like it. Really, really, I'm such a hard taskmaster. One of the questions at the uh, Worcester talk was, you know, because I was explaining that I run my own business and everything, and um, one of the questions from somebody was, are you a really tough boss? And I said, well, I do work harder than I ever did for anyone else working for myself. Uh, yeah, and I am quite a tough taskmaster, apart from when I'm not. Well, should we move on to comments? Let's move on to comments. Well, I have a sad update for comments. Either I forgot to write down comments or no one loves us this time around. I'm going to think it's the former. 
that I just simply forgot to um, jot them down because I kind of remember some comments, but honestly, I've been so busy uh, with the Lizzie launch and everything else, and so for people who did say hello and such, I'm sorry, forgot. I'm just going to quickly go to the website because I haven't got any comments. I've had a few uh, emails with questions for our Ask Us Anything. So yeah, please do get your comments in uh, for Ask Us Anything. But I did see one on the website. So um, Kim says uh, on business and marketing books, she totally agrees uh, with me on the Get Rich Lucky Bitch book by Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, she says it's helped her to embrace the abundance mindset and accepting that it's a lifelong journey. It's never completely done, which is very true with mindset, isn't it? You go up and down. But she also says the book she recommends to authors is The Freelancer Survival Guide by Kristen Catherine Rush. And she says it's a big book. Each section's published as its own smaller book because it's a collection of blogs. But she says it's an excellent overview of all you need to know about going into business for yourself, um, which is regardless of whether you're indie, traditional or hybrid. So that is a great recommendation, Kim. Thank you. I, I don't think I've um, heard of this one. And I, I'm very well aware of Christine Catherine Rush, but I haven't heard of this book. So I may well take a look because um, she is like, you know, what she doesn't know about publishing and especially independent publishing ain't worth knowing. Now, when you said that, I was like, she has a book. Like I did the, I did the, the confused puppy head tilt. Mm. Oh, yeah. How did I miss this one? <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, probably. Very good. And Kim also asked us a question for our Ask Us Anything. So that's great. We're going to compile these. Um, so please do get in your questions for the Ask Us Anything. Any coffee updates, TV? No, I did check the site for that. There are no coffee updates. Okay. So let's get on to the topic at hand, which is inspirational women. Now, we thought we'd do this because um, it's International Women's Day this week. And I also realised this week that it's also International Women Month. So it's a whole month of ladies and who doesn't love that i don't know a soul no even gray's excited about it wherever she may be so we thought for inspirational women we would sort of just discuss a few women who have inspired us either today or in the past or you know however we define inspiration now i could say you know oh it's it's my mum or my aunt or my sisters or blah 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 but you don't want that because you don't know them. We want people that you know, or you might know. We want people who have inspired us and then you might go off and think, oh, I'll have a look at what they've done. So it's for me, it's women who've inspired me with their art and their cre creativity. Actually, all these women, I've admired what they've done mainly against the odds because mainly when women achieve something, it is always against the odds, isn't it? Okay, so who's first on your list? I win for someone in an R sapphic fiction world first, um, I, I, I'm gonna say Jay. Uh, Jay's a big name in the sapphic fiction world, especially in our bubble. And her books have sold thousands of copies. And what I truly love about Jay is she's one of the kindest authors in the community. She's always willing to help out authors, to give advice. I've sought out her advice on many things. She's fantastic at organizing promotions like the last month event that was the blind date event. And she is someone who believes in helping others and it's something I truly admire and it's something I aspire to with I Heart Sapphic. I She does a lot. I don't know how she manages all the stuff she does, but um, I, I really appreciate having someone like that in the community who is so kind, very successful, 
and willing to help. And I think if um, we could get more authors to be like that, it would be truly fantastic for the whole community. So that's my first person. You know, Jay was somebody I did think about uh, doing, uh, but luckily I didn't. So it's a good job you did, you did isn't it? Because I wholeheartedly agree. I went in the writing in the sapphic fiction world. I went for two writers. Um, again, hit that I that I don't know that well. I, I don't know at all. Uh, the first one is Alison Bechdel. She did a, a comic strip called Dykes to Watch Out For back in the eighties and nineties. I loved it. I've got every single one of the books that were put into sort of uh, compendium books. I absolutely loved all her work, and she basically did like the L word in comic form before the L word was a thing. Um, and it was very smart, and it was very politically aware, and very funny. Um, so I loved, loved, loved following the lives of all the characters that she featured in Dykes to Watch Out for the comic strip for over 20 years. And um, she carried it on online actually, uh, but then she went on to Fun Home and Am I Your Mother. Now Fun Home was her graphic novel memoir that hit the New York Times bestseller list and then was made into a, a, one of the most fantastic musicals I've ever seen. Um, so what I love about her is that her career's gone through different evolutions. She was a comic strip and author person for like 20 years and then she went on to become a graphic novel memoir and did it in it like a graphic novel and then she went on to have huge success in another realm as well so I love I love what she does I love what she stands for but I love her evolution as well yes I would agree I have a, a collection of her car uh, cartoon strips in a, a I think it was like an anniversary book that I saw on Amazon and I was like I absolutely must get that so yes well done well done we're on a, we're on a good roll yes I've got I've got one other in the sapphic fiction realm. Do, you, do, do I do as well? Okay, you go you go then. I don't think it will be a huge surprise that I'm going to say Sarah Waters. I'm not a hundred percent sure if Tipping the Velvet was the first sapphic book I read, but it's the first one that sparked the possibility that I could write my own stories. I always wanted to be a writer since the age of eleven, but I think Tipping the Velvet proved to me that I could tell women loving women stories and that it could actually you know resonate with people. Because, I mean, obviously Sarah Waters' book was phenomenally successful. It it just had a huge impact on my writing decisions going forward that I, I could focus on stories that were true to my heart. So, And she was kind of a trailblazer of her own. She was. Also a stalker of me through John Lewis glassware departments and theatre lands. That's for Sarah to work out, right, TB? Yes, and she's also one I met, but um, again, I just said hello. She has not stalked me, to my knowledge, unless she's improved her stalking game and is somehow stalking me in Massachusetts without me figuring it out. I guess I'm just not on the same level where uh, I warrant Sarah Waters to pop up wherever I'm at. You know, it's happened to me a few times with, with celebrities. You know, Boy George did it to me once as well. Uh, for about a three-week period, He we, we went to the same thing three different nights, and I was like, stop stalking me George but you know he got the message eventually haven't seen him since <laughs> you think he had the same feeling about you you know he's this lady here all the time <laughs> sort of waving at him hi George hi yeah so my other pick is uh Georgia Beers uh and for similar reasons to you because she was the first uh lesbian romance novel that I remember reading and also she made it seem she made like her books were just so readable she made it seem effortless and easy, which I now know is <laughs> a, an amazing skill, right? <laughs> but her books were so readable and so 
just like meeting a new bunch of friends that I just thought, do you know, I could do this. And then I realised that it's not quite as easy as Georgia makes it seem. So I've read all her early books um, and I I admire as well that, like, as in the first choice, I said that Alison Bechdel, she kind of went on an evolution through her career and changed changed what exactly her focus was. But Georgia is just, she is a pure romance writer and nothing else. And I actually think that's just as admirable and just as difficult to do as just, you know, sort of evoluting. Is that a word? Evoluting your way through your career. I don't know. But, you know, because it's what I've done for the last seven years full time is just be a romance author. You know, people think it's to get easier, but it's not as easy as it looks. And so kudos to her. Yes. And she's also a lovely person. I don't know if she's going to be at the event in March, but um, I will see her at GCLS probably in this summer. Well, say hello. I think I said that to you the first time you met, but it was her books that made me think I can do this. So she warrants a mention. Yes, absolutely. Am I going on to my next one? All right. So my next one is another author that I uh, admire quite a lot, Um, Amy Tan. Um, All my life, I never really felt like I completely fit in. And I always was seeking out stories where characters kind of went through similar feelings for different reasons, obviously. And I remember um, reading The Joy Luck Club and then seeing the movie when I was rather young, probably what late teens early 20s and it just had a profound impact on me it's an emotional fantastic story about a, um, the child of Chinese immigrants and it's a powerful story about female relationships which are often overlooked in history and in literature and so it was kind of one of those moments where like again with the Sarah Waters where it's like oh I can still tell the stories I want where like family females are the stars it doesn't have to be all about the men as I prepared for this recording, I watched quite a few interviews with um, Amy Tan, and I learned she also has to convince herself that when writing that no one is going to read it. I was like, interesting. We're not. A, I'm not alone in this. And um, a, another thing she said that I truly enjoyed is that she said reading a book is a very individual journey for every reader. I know I've been asked a lot about like deeper meanings of certain um, aspects of my stories or certain senses that readers have found deeper meaning to and it's and I didn't write it that way but I'm glad they felt it that way because everyone brings their own story to a story and everyone has their own experience to a story and your experience to a story can change with time I remember hearing um I'm gonna mention a guy I'm sorry but he's a nice guy I'm gonna mention Eddie Vedder um from Pearl Jam he will never explain what song lyrics mean because they mean something different to him, but he doesn't want to take away what they mean to the individual person listening. And I think that's a very, with Amy Tan and Eddie Vedder saying that, I think it kind of brings home the fact that, yes, we write the stories, but people bring the meaning to it. And I think that's important to remember as a writer. Wow, you've gone deep, TB. Isn't that what I normally do? (laughs) All right, yeah, fair. I always think that. Two people could read the same book and take very different things from it, right? It depends, as we said before, sometimes you read a book and you'll, you'll be like, oh my God, it's, I, I hate that book. And then you might read it again two years later and you really like it. So it does depend on your what you bring to it, but also what fucking mood you're in that day, right? Yeah, at what stage on your life journey are you at? Like, is it a book that's going to bring healing to you or is it going to bring the scars forward and you're not ready to deal with it? So... Things change. Even though the words on the page don't actually change, things do change. You change. 
Right, who knew we were going to go this deep on this one? So uh, I'm switching my attention from writing now to other creative fields and the one that I chose is music. So I'm going to go for those stalwarts of ladies with guitars, especially lesbian ladies with guitars. The Indigo Girls, hooray for them. Where would we be <laughs> as a sapphic bunch without Amy Ray and Emily Salyers? We'd be, we'd be in a worse place, TB, that, just in case you're wondering. I was introduced to the Indigo Girls back in when I was at university by um, a girlfriend I had. Um, she was not much good for anything else, but she did leave me with that love of the Indigo Girls, so thank you to her. The Indigo Girls, when they first launched, they launched it on a record label, but they soon realised that they hated that. So they went they went it alone as soon as they could. They, but they, what they've done is they found their tribe, they stuck to what they believed in and, and what they wanted to do. And they're making a really good living being creators and living a creative life, but they call the shots, they still work doing something they love. They're the model I think we should all aspire to because they've got such a following all around the world. And when they tour, every time they tour and they come to the UK, I go and see them um, because it, they just bring joy into my life and I love what they do. Yeah, they, they have always been, been inspirational to me. And I think because also I secretly want to be a pop star. So that's an inspiration, right? It's a secret, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I could definitely see you just like striding on stage and taking the microphone away from anyone and starting. I mean, I hate it when people steal the mic off me, so I don't think I'd steal the mic, but give me the mic. I've never met a mic I don't like, as all my family say. Were you the, were you the little one who always was like singing into your hairbrush? Yes. I can totally picture that. <laughs> That's a cute little picture. Do you have photos of that? That would be funny. Uh, no, I've only got that one of me when I was four in a in a shirt and tie. Blue number 5002. <laughs> I know. All right, so my next woman who has inspired me in life is uh, Maya Angelou. I Know Why the Kate Burge sing, uh, Sings is one of the most powerful memoirs I've read. The amount she shared with readers must have been a painful process for her. Also extremely brave. I watched a recent documentary on Angelo. She's had quite the life. She's lived her life bravely and with authenticity. That's a hard one for me. And she just had an amazing life. She was a civil rights activist, a dancer, a singer, a writer, a mother, an educator, and more. The people she knew in life, like James Baldwin, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., and so many others. Uh, not only did she experience life during very tumultuous times in the U.S., but she left a mark for all of us to admire and to kind of be a guiding light of how we all can be brave and authentic to ourselves. Totally agree with that one as well. Uh, I, I would like to watch the documentary on her as well, because she's one of those people in, in history that I know of, and I've read a bit by her, but not enough. If you are interested, I don't know if it would be... It was on my Netflix. I don't know if you have Netflix or anything, but yeah, I would highly recommend it. She's she's truly amazing, and she lived in different parts of the world, and there's just so much about her. You could probably study her for a lifetime and barely scratch the surface. Yes, yes, yes. Right, uh, my five... Well, I've got two other categories. Um, so the next one I thought of doing... Um, I would say as well, special shout-out as well to Beyonce, who I think is incredible, and um, I think... She's overcome so many doubters um, and she is now one of the biggest pop stars in the whole fucking world and she's stuck it to everyone So and she's done it her way. And she's now getting to, to the pinnacle of her career playing the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium TV. Doesn't get bigger than that. 
Uh, she, but, are you going? No. I thought for a second I could live through you vicariously for that one night because, I mean, that's just like all of your dreams coming true. A major pop star at your favorite football stadium. It is. I but, mean, come on. But the football stadium, yeah, but it's on a Tuesday night and I don't go to football games on a Tuesday night. It's just so hard to get home from. So, you know, there was there was a lot of factors involved. <laughs> You gotta have priorities in yeah. life when it comes to dreams. Apparently, I missed out on the on the cheaper tickets. So it was going to be two hundred and fifty quid a ticket just to stand, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like Madonna, uh, Beyonce, because I've already paid out for Madonna tickets this year. You gotta have a line. Anyway, my next one um, is sports. I'm going. I'm going to go for sport and people who really truly inspired me last year. It's got to be the lionesses. It does pay me a little bit uh, because. Well, let's start with the whole team. What they achieved last summer was incredible and it really did fill me with joy. And absolutely, I felt so buzzed and inspired for at least, you know, a few weeks after that. It was amazing. But I would also say that the people who have really, really impressed me, they all play for Arsenal TB, which is a difficult one for me to say, but it's true. So Captain Leah Williamson, um, Beth Mead, who was player of the tournament, and Alex Scott, who does all the broadcasting for that they all well proved their doubters wrong and showed what they're made of and came out and performed on the biggest stage along with Serena Wiegmann the coach as well but you know what they achieved pushed women's sport and and I think attitudes towards women along so incredible um, and Alex Scott as well she's she does all the broadcasting she is an ex-footballer uh, and she gets so much criticism because she's a woman, she's a working class, and she's a woman of colour. Um, but I have respect, admiration, and huge love for all these women. And what they achieved, again, against the odds, was phenomenal. Yes, well done. And it also inspired your book. Are you going to dedicate it to them? Maybe I should, yeah. I haven't got to the de dedication yet, so yeah. Hey, I'll send them all a copy. There you go. And then they'll come to um, the event on May 6th, so you'll have royalty <laughs> and... Football stars. Imagine. I mean, what's a better way to get everyone to go? I know. At Crawley Horticultural Hall, there'll be queues around the, door, around the block with Harry and Meghan, Beth Mead and Leah Williamson and Alex Scott. I can see it now. Seems like a fantastic day out for me. Yeah. yeah I, might, I might pop over myself if you can manage. Mm. All right. So my next um, one is also my last one. The last one I'm going to share today. There are many women I find inspirational in life. But my next one is uh, Michelle Obama. Wow. What can I really say about her? She's just like an amazing human being. I admire her heart, her strength, her determination, her ability to stay above the fray when everyone's being mean and trying to bring her down to the gutter with them. I think she is a role model for everyone in, on the planet. Uh, she and her husband were the first uh, black first lady and president, and then the racism that came out about that was just devastating to watch from the sidelines. I can't imagine what it was like to be the target of such hateful hateful shit. I haven't read her memoir yet, but it's on my Kindle. Actually, I think I have the audiobook, and I can't remember if she's the one who narrated it or not. I hope she did. But I also recently watched a Netflix documentary, and it just made me miss her. She kind of had a calming presence when everything was mad and everything. And I know she doesn't want to be involved in politics anymore, and I, I honestly can't blame her. I miss having her voice in the world and mm. having her presence in the White House and having just an amazing woman who has accomplished so much and against such adversity so yeah totally agree and i think that as well that she didn't need to do as much as she as she did she could have just um sat in the, on the sidelines but she used her position for great good so 
uh, absolutely hats off to her. I actually, Yvonne and I went to see her when she came to the O2 and that was an amazing evening. Oh, do you know what? One of them just came to mind was um, RBG as well. But, you know, there you go. She's a big up RBG, big up. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's so many other people that we could have said, but I decided to go in the creativity realms. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of other people who do inspire me in business world, like, uh, uh, but people I've mentioned recently, so like Denise Duffield-Thomas and Joanna Penn, these women who, again, they're not the norm because, again, all these fields are mainly populated by men. Everybody out there, keep doing what you're doing because it's really, really important for women to make their mark in the world. Well, yeah, I agree. And I think one of the best ways you can influence other people is just being your true self. And even during um, adversity, like just be true to yourself and it really resonates and you can see it. Yes. And I've even had people say to me that I've inspired them. And, um, you know, if I have inspired anyone, well, that's that's fantastic. I'm just going about doing doing me, but it just goes to show that you can be an inspiration to anyone. And now I'm beginning to sound like one of those Hallmark cards. So I'm going to stop now. You can just just live just live your most authentic life tb and you can be the inspiration but you were you were doing so well you were going you were having a deep moment and then you turned british and then you put yourself down you did (laughs) it's just what we do i can't do that anyway do let us know what you think um who are the inspirational women in your life uh, and why do let us know in the comments uh on lesbianswhowrite.com uh, email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com twitter us at lesbianswhowrite instagram me at clairefic and I think that was it wasn't it I think that's it yeah but do do let us know what you think this episode but we'd also love your questions for the ask us anything which we will probably do uh, next episode yes and I will try to be better about catching the comments when I'm not releasing a book yes <laughs> but have a look check your emails because uh, I think there might be some emails for the ask us anything right Yes, there might be, and I just haven't had a chance to look. Okay. Now you're done. Lizzie's out in the world. Now you can just relax, TV. Two weeks off. That's all over. Yeah? Life is easy now. Yeah. All right, well, we hope you've enjoyed this one. Do join us next time for the Ask Us Anything. Until then, keep writing. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.